I was watching the video and like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be up there. How's it going, everybody? Oh, wow. Okay. My name's Rick. It's great, great, great to see you. I had uh, an incredible time at Thanksgiving. Um, we do this thing, and I don't know if, if you guys do these similar kinds of things. So we, at Thanksgiving, we go around the table, and everybody says kind of a couple of things they're thankful for. And at, as, at first, I'm like, hey, we start this, and everybody's like, oh, no, not this again. But at the end, it's like the people, everyone's crying. It's like the most meaningful thing of the day. And um, so it, I started off, and I, and I think I've showed this before. I said I was really thankful for, um, I have a grandson named Owen, so I have these Owen socks that I wear. So I kind of showed, isn't he great? And then I said, and, and I'm really thankful for this as well. I have these other socks that I made of my daughter's ultrasound. She's due in April. So, yeah, we can give. That's exciting. Excited about that. So, um, just announced it to the world yesterday or this last week. So, I thought I could go ahead and say I'm excited about it. Yeah, so about that, everybody's crying. It's like one of those great things. So, uh, baby B, we don't know if it's going to be a boy or a girl. We'll see what happens. So, I love Thanksgiving. I'm really thankful for our family and thankful for this family, thankful for the opportunity I get to, get to hang out, thankful to to be a part of some stories and to hear how God's working in your life. And and uh, Joe said it, we, you know, and, and just the great thing about this family is that it's a family. And uh, we what we consider this is kind of like a, if I was having a block party and, and I just invite a bunch of people in my living room, I wouldn't stand in the front door and go, hey, what do you believe? Can, can you, do you believe all these things? I would just say, man, come in, let, let's get to know you. I want to get to know you. And that's what we think that Sunday mornings are about is, is helping everybody wherever they're at, come in and get to, get to be known, to know people and to know ultimately who Jesus is, who the real Jesus is. And I think for a lot of us, maybe all of us, the more we understand who the real Jesus is, the more of these these falsities, that these lies maybe that we've told ourselves about how we connect with God or God kind of just fade to the sideline and we actually get a focus on the real Jesus. And really that's what Christmas is about. I, I love Christmas. Um, this is not an ugly Christmas sweater, by the way. This is a just a beautiful Christmas sweater. And uh, for those of you that have said it's an ugly Christmas sweater, just know I have feelings and uh, I'm a person. So... Um, I'll tell you to, after today, maybe, if it's ugly Christmas sweater or not. Um, I love everything about Christmas. I love, I started playing Christmas music after Labor Day. Anybody? Um, I love peppermint ice cream, which oddly you can only get at Christmas time, which I don't have any idea how that is. I love eggnog. I know that's a big controversial thing. Um, like there's vaccinations, mask wearing, but the most controversial thing this time of year is like eggnog. So I'm not even going to get into that. Um, I love it, and sorry if you're wrong and don't. Um, I love everything about Christmas. And this time leading up to Christmas is this time called Advent. And and I used to I used to think that. I would say, oh, Advent is just the, the time of waiting to get to Christmas, right? And and what I what I hope is that we understand now, maybe especially as we press in this year, is Advent is a celebration of these weeks leading up to Christmas. It's not just us waiting to celebrate Christmas, but it's actually these weeks that we can celebrate the, the waiting. And man, I, does anybody else hate to wait? I mean, 
I, I do, I, I start, as I'm walking to the checkout line, I start doing the algebra, algebraic equation about how many people times how many things in their cart versus how many checkout lines are there to get to the right line that I go to, right? And I don't, you guys probably don't do that, those kinds of things. I just, I hate to wait. And, and I think if Advent, if all Advent is, is this time of waiting, of us gritting our teeth and waiting for Christmas, I think we're going we're gonna to miss a lot. Because Christmas is going to come, all, after all this waiting, Christmas is going to come, and then the, you're going to wake up the next day, and there's going to be just a big mess, and you're just like, wait, 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 what happened? What I hope is that, that as, we, as we press into this, this series called Advent Conspiracy, that we could celebrate kind of the waiting part, that, that the waiting cultivates this hunger. You know how a meal is way better when you're hungry? Things taste way better when you're, to drink when you're thirsty? that this time of year can cultivate that. And uh, one of the key verses for week one in Advent is this, is this verse in Isaiah 64, which we've talked about actually when we talked about our soul series. Isaiah says this, oh, he's talking to God. He, he looks at his world and he looks at himself. And he's like, ah, oh, I am a man desperate for God to work in my life. And I live in a world that's desperate for God to work in it. And so he cries out to heaven and he's like, Oh, God, that you would rend the heavens, that you would break the heavens and come down. The mountains would tremble before you. That was a prayer, really, for Christmas. A prayer for God himself to leave heaven, to leave this other, to come to be with us. And that is Christmas. And, man, our, my hope is that these, in, in these weeks we would just cultivate this hunger like that. All change, all healthy change come, comes as we, as we engage in this healthy dissatisfaction of the status quo. Does that make sense? Like, you look at how things are and you're like, not good enough. You look at things in our world and you're like, hey, it's not good enough. You, look, you watch the news and instead of just being frustrated, instead of just being, just turning it off or being exacerbated, to just cultivate this healthy dissatisfaction. Like, hey, this, this world is not loving enough. This world is not gracious enough. This world is not, is not full of joy enough. That, that we would look at our world and go, oh man, I, I'm a, I'm a man who needs Christmas. I need a, I, I'm a man who needs to experience the fullness of God, and I live in a world that needs to experience the fullness of God. One of my spiritual heroes, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, said this about Advent. He says this, The celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something greater to come. So that's what Advent is. So this series, Advent Conspiracy, what's a conspiracy? Conspiracy is a group of people trying to overthrow the status quo. Coming together to say, hey, the, the, the status quo is not good enough, and we can do something about it. The, the very first year, we actually have um, had this Advent Conspiracy kind of theme around Christmas, uh, I don't know, for 15 or 16 years maybe. And um, the very first year we moved into this building, uh, this, this series was called Turn Your Christmas Upside Down, and we actually had an upside-down Christmas tree hanging from the, the um, thing out there. I got hate mail, emails, what are you guys doing? I, here's what we're not, so we, we're not saying we don't like Christmas. We're just saying, hey, let's do Christmas a little differently. Let's make Christmas meaningful again. Let's. Let's conspire together to overthrow the status quo of what Christmas is. I said that last week. 
it's interesting that we spend the birthday, celebrate the birthday of the Prince of Peace by having the most hectic time of year, just full of anxiety and pressure. And we're just going to say, hey, no, we're going we're to turn that upside down. And so these next four weeks, we're going to talk about worship fully. How do, how do we worship, declare the worth of Jesus fully? How do we choose to spend less? How do we choose to give more? And how do we choose to love all? Those are the, the next the topics we're going to talk about. Um, and, and there's this tradition at Advent, uh, and maybe some of you do this, these Advent candles, and there should be four of them, but I want to emphasize this one that we have. Um, this first candle of Advent, which is purple, is a symbol of hope, symbolizes hope. And uh, so the Advent, the Advent candle tradition, the Sundays, the four, four Sundays leading up to Christmas, you light a different candle that uh, have different meanings, and we're going to do that here together. And as we do that, uh, we're going to we're going to pray a prayer together. Uh, and there's something about as we as we speak truth of God together uh, that that draws us into to maybe the story. So. Um, I would invite you all to stand up as we pray this prayer together. There's going to be a part where I'll pray, and then it'll be at the, on the screen. It'll just say all, and you guys can follow. So I'm going to light this candle as we step into the first week of Advent, this week of hope. Here we go. We'll pray. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, we are tired. We are weary. Draw us into hope today. Okay, we're going to do that again. Sorry. Um, let's do it like we're not at church. Let's do it like we're maybe like somewhere else at the Broncos game. Yeah. Um, so I'll go back. Let's go back. Here we go. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. We are tired and we are weary. Draw us into hope today. Our eyes are distracted. Our hearts are distracted. Our souls are distracted. Draw us into worship today. We live in the middle of darkness and trouble. Draw us into hope today. There's so much, oh God, clamoring for our attention. Draw us into worship today. Fill us with light of your presence so that we may be a shining light within this dark world. Draw us into hope today. Create in us a hunger and to connect in a meaningful way to this Advent message. Draw us into worship today. Draw us into hope today. All right, you guys can have a seat. Worship fully is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, worship just means to, to declare the worth of something. We were made to worship, and we all worship. Uh, it isn't a, It isn't an an invitation to start worshiping. You worship. You declare the worth of everything you give time to. You're declaring its worth by giving time to it. Every, every conversation you have and subject you bring up, you're declaring worth to something by making it the center point of your conversation. And what I'm hoping, what, what I think happens, and I don't, maybe just I'm the only person, but it feels like as we get closer and closer to Christmas, it just Life just starts getting faster and faster and faster, and my to-do list gets longer and longer and longer. And all of these things, uh, these lights and presents and uh, X many days till Christmas, all those things begin to start trapping my heart into into this place of anxiety, this place of of uh, not worship, certainly of Jesus. And uh, and so, let's just make this choice. Now. I'll just encourage you this season that we're together instead of 
allowing the season to trap our hearts, that the trappings, all of the trappings, all of the gifts and the lights and the trees and the music would draw us deeper into the story of Jesus. That's, that's what our hope, and that's what my hope is as we talk about worshiping fully today. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to open up to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, grab one that's right around you. Grab a pen too. encourage you. We're going we're gonna to underline some things and circle some things. Matthew, Mark, Luke, it's about this far in. And if you don't have a Bible at all, take that one. It's an early Christmas present. Put your name in it and uh, just start bringing the consistent Bible back. So uh, here's kind of what mine looks like. So we're going to look. So here's, here's what's happening. Uh, the angel, we kind of sang about it. The angel comes to Mary and uh, says, hey, you're going to give birth to a son and he's, he's going to be extraordinary. He's, he's going to be the son of God. He's going to be the savior of the world. And she goes to connect with her um, relative, Elizabeth. And, and uh, let's pick it up in verse 43. Elizabeth says this, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb, which was John the Baptist, leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And then Mary said, and just walks into this song, this, this beautiful song of, of praise. My soul glorifies the Lord. This is Mary speaking. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. So Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. She went into this beautiful prayer of worship that I think serves us really, really well as we kind of jump into a few of these points. I love in verse, in verse 46, you see where it says, my soul glorifies the Lord. She's, she's talking about something that's, Here's what I'm going to describing what's happening in me. My soul is glorifying the Lord. My spirit rejoices in my Savior. Worship, I think sometimes we just kind of grit our teeth and go, I should worship more, I should worship more, I should worship more. Worship, what we see here is worship as a response to, to Mary coming face to face with the truth of Jesus and his activity in her life. Worship is a response becoming face to face with with the reality of who Jesus really is. And as we do that, as we start pressing and go, oh, my goodness, that is true. I had a a friend that, um, one, he was a senior in college and he wanted to have an easy class. He had one more elective. And so he uh, tried to sign up for geology because he thought that would be easy. And instead, he signed up for geography, which is really different. It's not the study of rocks. It's the study of maps. And so he, um, he's like, oh, crud, tried to change his class, decided not to. And, and 
because he started loving maps. He started like really getting into maps. And so like, like his roommates would, would leave and he would spread out all these topographic maps all over the floor. And he was doing his, his final report on Mount Rainier. And uh, he would just spend hours and hours laying on these topographical maps, just, just falling in love with all, all the details of Mount Rainier. And um, they decided after graduation, he and his buddies were going to go on a trip, a little kind of West Coast trip, and they were going to camp on Mount Rainier. And, and his friends didn't know that he's the world's foremost expert on Mount Rainier. And he didn't, he decided not to tell them until they got there, he was just going to unload all of the things that he knew about Mount Rainier and this and this and this and this. And he said, so as he tells the story, he's like, uh, we're driving, we all get out of the car, like the first overlook, we can actually see Mount Rainier. And uh, we all get out of the car and I come out and I'm getting ready to unload my knowledge about Mount Rainier. And he's like, I just saw it and I start weeping. It's like, so there I am, a bunch of my 20 something college buddies crying like a baby and they have no idea why. It's like a couple of my friends kind of like came up and did this, like, not really sure what to do. It's like, I, I grabbed the keys. We all got in the car. I drove away. We drove away from where we're going to go, pulled over to another spot. And it took me about a half an hour to explain. He said, I, he said, I, I thought I knew everything there was to know until I actually saw it. And he said, that was powerful enough. But then when I realized I do the same thing with God, as I, I think I know everything there is to know. And then I see him and, and I realize there's so much more there. I think, man, I think Mary's soul was ignited and her spirit was ignited. And I think ours can be ignited too as we press into the story of who Jesus really is. And then and, and she goes on to explain some of these incredible things. And, uh, you know, words get overused, like the word awesome gets overused. Awesome is it's like when you are in awe of something, when you, when you walk in and your jaw just drops. Man, what I, as we press into some of these truths about, about Jesus and how he, the truths about Christmas, I hope that our jaw just drops, not now, but not just now, but, but this whole season. Look what she says. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Just circle that rejoices in God, my Savior. And, and I just, I just want to say this, that, uh, that we have a choice about where our joy, where, where our heart rejoices in. Joy is set in my Savior for Mary. I think, I think sometimes this time of year, it's like, Joy is, is like centered in, in our stuff, in our, in our status, in our relationships, in our, in our bank account, whatever, whatever that looks like. And I just want this to be a time where we go, wait, 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 wait. Part of doing this upside downness is to say, my joy comes from a different place. Could talk a lot about that, but I got to keep moving. Look what she says. This next verse for he has been mindful. Underline that he has been mindful. 
kidding me? Christmas, Christmas is the God of the universe, the God who created the sun and the moon and the stars thinking about us, being mindful of us, having his heart full of love for us. She's like, my soul is erupting. I'm rooted. My, my joy is rooted in God, my Savior. And God is mindful of me in my humble position. And that is what Christmas is, is about. It's not us trying to get, trying to be pretty and beautiful and valuable enough for God to notice us. Since that, that God is mindful. His mind is full of you in your humble position and his heart is full. That's, that's the story of Christmas. That God came to us for us. And look, she says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in my savior for he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Christmas, Christmas really can be a defining moment. Christmas was a defining moment for me. Like from now on, so underline that, from now on. Like, like my life was going this way and then this happened and now it's going this way. If you look back in your life, you've had some defining moments too. You have defining moments that usually are centered around pain or, or centered around love or centered around some sort of truth that, that you're confronted with. That, that was, it's like that plot twist in a movie, like the movie's going this way and all of a sudden, this happens. And for Mary, Christmas was that defining moment. And for us, it can be a defining moment too. Not just, not just one more thing, right? Not just one more thing that advances the plot forward, but one, one thing that goes, hey, my life was actually heading in this direction. And now, because of the reality of Christmas, it's heading in this direction. That, that's what Christmas can be. And then, then she continues, she goes on to this, this, like, this list. Look at all these and underline these. He has in verse 51. He has in verse 52. He has in verse 53. He has in verse 54. That, that terminology is like, it's like a, the confident assurance that something will happen in the future because it's happened already. Does that make sense? It's because, um, because it's happened already in the past. So um, the fact that uh, my wife is going to come home today I have confident assurance that that's going to happen because it's happened forever, right? Uh, here's the things that God has done and will continue to do. And he, he, Mary makes this list. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He's scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. Christmas shows us what power is like. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm. And don't you just get this militaristic, this like tough guy, this God of like, I have this, I have all this power. And, and yet here's how he's wielding it. By, by laying it down and by saying, oh, wait, wait, wait. 
my power, the way the way that we were designed to wield power is way different than this world says we're supposed to wield power. This world says power is top down, right? Power over. And Jesus says, no, 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 power, it's power under. It's I can use my power to, to not, not climb up the totem pole and push everybody else down, but, but to make my way down the totem pole to push everybody else up. Christmas shows us what power looks like in this upside down kingdom of Jesus. And, and then they continue uh, to talk about the upside down is he's brought down rulers from the thrones and lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things and set the rich away empty. Christmas is God turning this upside down world right side. The, the principles of my kingdom are exactly the opposite of the principles of, of the kingdom of earth. It's, it's interesting that two figures that were alive, maybe two of the, the most important historical figures ever, Augustus Caesar and Jesus Christ, were, were alive at the same time. It's interesting, the word Augustus means worthy of worship. And I don't know if you know this, but he, Augustus wanted to, to give the impression that he wasn't a dictator. He wanted the people to vote and still that, but he wanted to be in charge. And so he thought the easiest way to do that was to not to proclaim himself emperor, but to claim himself God. And and that's actually weird to proclaim yourself God, right? To just stand up and go, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you I'm God. Um, so you know what he started doing? He started calling his, he started calling Julius Caesar God, and then people would start referring to him as, well, son of God. Interesting. Roman coin. There's a there's a book called Christ and the Caesars by a guy named Ethelbert Stauffer. There's not enough Ethelberts in this world, maybe today. There's a and he talks about a coin that was found. That's that was the way to do propaganda back then because they didn't have you know Facebook. So you just printed a coin that had the tr- whatever truth you wanted to get out there, and everybody would use the coin and go, "Oh, this is this must be true." It says it on the coin, like we read on Facebook. Oh, this must be true. I saw it on the internet. Um, it's, it said, um, there's no other name by which men can be saved by the name, but the name of Caesar. I was reading uh, in the book of Acts with a friend of mine, Acts chapter 3. Peter stands up in front of the people that crucified Jesus, and he's like, hey, remember the Jesus that you crucified? That's, that's whose name that I'm healing people. And by the way, there's no other name. I wish men could be saved by the name by the name Jesus Christ. And as he stood there in in the temple, he said two things. He said, "Political power isn't it, and religious power isn't it." I'm, when we when we realize the recognize the upside downness of the kingdom of God. That we're that we're invited to live in. It's 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 completely different than this than this kingdom of earth. It's upside down. It's 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 the king born in the stable. It's it's the announcement of the birth of Jesus coming to the shepherds, the lowest of the low. 
Everything about his kingdom is upside down. And I don't know if we have a better time to kind of compare and contrast the kingdom of God, the kingdom of this world, than the time of Christmas. Where the world says, all of these things, here's what's important, here's what's valuable, here's what you should do, here's what's going to make you, here's what's going to make people like you. Your value is connected with how much they spend on you and how much you spend on them. All of those kinds of things are happening. And what we can say is, oh, no, no, no. We live in this upside down kingdom. We're called to something different, something better. Instead of trapping our hearts, let's allow these trappings to kind of draw us deeper into the story of Jesus. So, in the next few weeks, you're going to hear music. You guys, how many people like Christmas carols? That's right, there's no profiling going on. Maybe just a little. Absolutely don't like Christmas carols, some of you. You can be honest. Thank you for, thanks for your honesty. This is a safe place. People are like, uh, you're going to hear me. You're going to hear music. This, this, in this season, everywhere you go. I, someone said this week, uh, yeah, we could survive without music, but who want to? Uh, as you hear music, maybe it would be that trigger to say, oh, wait, wait, wait. Our joy is rooted in Jesus. Could be any, could be, um, you know, Mariah Carey could be singing at Target or whatever. It might not have anything to do with Jesus, but when you hear music and the beauty of, of music, maybe just think, oh, wait, 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 my, my joy can be rooted in Jesus. You're going you're gonna to have some, see some gifts, fake gifts around Christmas trees or real gifts that you grab or give. And maybe every time you see a gift, what if you just took a second and said, oh, wait, wait, wait. This gift is this gift of God's mindfulness. God loves me and he's mindful of me. You, could you imagine just how all of a sudden starts, stuff starts changing? Like every time we hear music, we're like, oh wait, my joy is rooted in, in, in Jesus and not in all this stuff. My, these gifts, just a reminder of, of God's love for me and his mindfulness of me. You're going to see signs that look like this, 27 days till Christmas, which is actually, I think that's right. I don't do math very well. Um, you're going to see lots of these kinds of signs, right? It's going to maybe create some anxiety. Maybe maybe as you do, you can remember about this this idea of defining moment that, oh, sweet. So there's, this this is a defining moment. There's a, there's a defining moment for me here. You're going to see ever, lots of evergreen trees. Um, just be a reminder of the power of the resurrection. The upside down power of God to leave heaven and come to us. And you're going to see lots of lights. My hope is that you would, you would take a second and remember that this light is a picture of light piercing the darkness. Our darkness and the world's darkness. So instead of getting all trapped with these trappings of Christmas, let's use them. Let's use them to draw us deeper into the story of Christmas and we together can overflow, overthrow the status quo of Christmas. Would you uh, bow and we'll pray together? Maybe just now in the quietness of, of this moment, I would just challenge you and encourage you to just, just pray this simple prayer. God, will you cultivate in me 
hunger for you this season? Will you cultivate in us this healthy dissatisfaction with the status quo? And, and then God, would you give us the wisdom to know what, what steps to take to change, to overthrow the status quo, and then the courage to take it? God, we want to do Christmas really, really well. It starts with us recognizing the, draw, the jaw-dropping gift of Jesus. Maybe there's some of you in this room that are just just trying to figure out who Jesus is. Maybe maybe you just have, have rejected Jesus altogether. And maybe your prayer needs to be, Jesus, if, if, if that's true, if, if some of this stuff is true, I want to know. Maybe, you can, maybe today your step is to go from a no-way person to a what-if person. Man, maybe some of you have just been kind of figuring out, kind of dipping your toe in and trying to figure out who Jesus is. Maybe your prayer needs to be, Jesus, will you reveal yourself and your truth to me? Will you help me ask the right questions to the right people to hear the real story of who you are that I want and declare your worth and see what this great gift of Christmas is for me? And maybe for some of us that have experienced lots of Christmases in relationship with Jesus, Maybe our prayer needs to be, God, will you cultivate a meaningful Christmas, that it wouldn't just be something to tick off, something to check off. But this Christmas, this season could be a defining moment for us. God, I pray that it would be a defining moment for all of us. We love you. Thankful for you. Amen. So I have a little bit of time. We are doing this thing. There's little red envelopes. If you want to grab that one that's right in front of you, I'm going to grab my stool while you grab that. You can pull this little thing out. So, you know, the bottom line of, of, of what Westwood wants to be about, we, we're about the glory of God and the good of our city. And so what, what, we're, what we're saying is worship fully as we engage in worship. And we're going to choose to spend less. Uh, you know, to, uh, I don't know, to spend, you go, gosh, I'm not going to spend $50 on that sweater that I don't even know if he's going to wear. Uh, I'm, I want to do something meaningful. So I'm going to choose to spend a little less uh, and then take that money and give it to, to people that really need it. To give more by giving relationally, which we'll talk about in a couple weeks. And then love all that this is an inclusive message. And so, uh, what we have is an opportunity to to give to places that connect with your heart. Here's the deal. Uh, I don't, unless you feel like all these places connect with your heart, but probably as you start looking through some of these opportunities to give, you'll go, oh, my heart really is for that, or my family is really for that. Let's let's do that together, and maybe not this other thing. And so we just, we're providing a bunch of different opportunities for people to give uh, over the next few weeks. Um, and and help the, this generosity piece happen. So kind of what, what that looks like, I'll walk through kind of these different things. Uh, some of them are tags that you pick up off the back and say, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i go take this tag and go t- put it away. And some of them are financial things. So 
Um, I'll just walk through these tags. So one of the op one of the places that we're supporting is this group called Family Promise. It's a local organization that uh, comes alongside families that are experiencing homelessness. And uh, you, typically what happens is we house them here, uh, feed them dinner, uh, provide stuff for them to do at night, or provide them breakfast and they leave. Uh, we're on a rotation where we do that. We haven't done that this year, but we are going to start doing it after January. We'll start hosting. And so there's a bunch of things we need. So this says, and there's a bunch of stuff they need right now. They have a, they have a big place that they're using right now to, to house these families. So this says three bottles of dish soap. So you would grab this card, go grab three bottles of dish soap, and bring them back next week when you come. Does that make sense? Somebody want this three bottles of dish soap one? I'm going to give all of these away. Awesome. Thanks. Let's bring it over here. Thank you. Um, that's Family Promise. What is this one? Oh, one of the things our students have started doing every summer is go out uh, to love and serve uh, people with disabilities at, at a place called Camp Barnabas in Missouri. And uh, so what we're trying to do as a church is to help provide their transportation. They have to, they have to provide other uh, money to get there or to, to while they're at the camp, but we want to provide their uh, transportation out there. So this says, and a lot of these have little cards that say, this one says a gift of $50 was given on your behalf to help provide transportation for students going to Camp Barnabas to love and serve those with disabilities. So uh, if you grab that, then you grab this and say, uh, Barnabas gift, $50 on the back of that. Fill out the other part. If you put it, you can put it in, a, in this envelope and put it in the basket. You can use the iPads back there. There's a QR code, um, but just fill that out so we can know. And then you take that card with you. So somebody want to do this $50 $50 thing for Barnabas. Great. Thank you. I'll just put it right here for you. It's a long walk. I'm old. Um, we have partnered forever with a group uh, in Uganda called Come Let's Dance, and our, our partnership has morphed over the years, but um, we still have people on the ground there that are loving and serving people, That uh, people on the ground there that we know and love and trust that are loving and serving people in the name of Jesus. So this says a gift of $50 on your behalf was given to provide food, medical care, and education to children and families in Uganda, Africa. Somebody want this one? Awesome. Thank you. I don't have to walk all the way back there. Okay. Um, we have this organization actually uh, in Zimbabwe that we that we serve with, uh, the Peniel Center. Uh, Gideon, uh, if you're if you've ever been on our Facebook on a Sunday morning, um, you'll see this guy Gideon that uh, comments and likes and stuff. Um, that's a group of orphans and vulnerable children that watch our service from Zimbabwe. Um, and uh, he is a great friend, and um, there's a bunch of different ways uh, to support them. So there's an ongoing sponsorship. They need sponsorships for kids. Getting uh, in Zimbabwe, it's considered bad luck to have to have an orphan live in your home, and so um, even a family member that has a, a kid that lost their parents, they family members will take them in because it's. They would think, why are you doing that? You're inviting evil spirits into your house. And so it's a huge, huge problem. And uh, so we have some sponsorships that are $75 a month, uh, specific kids that, that need to be sponsored. 
we have bed. They, they need bunk beds. Bunk bed is 100 bucks, so you can think about that. And then $40, look at this, a gift of $40 on your behalf was given to provide food for a day for 50 of the most vulnerable children in Zimbabwe. So $40 gets uh, food for 50 for a day. I'm going to take this. Oh, you got that one? Okay, I'll get one of them. Um, perfect. This one, oh, we have this great food rescue ministry here. A gift of $50 on your behalf was given to support Joy's Kitchen and their mission to rescue food. They rescue thousands of pounds of food a week. I'll take this one. Um, two more. So these are these are actually a little bit different. So one of our, our local elementary schools said, hey, we have some kids that... Um, that need Christmas, can you help? So we said yes. And so that's what these white cards, it just says gift for children. This says student, uh, and it's a number because they didn't put his name on here. Student 26-2, boy, six years old. Uh, boy's pajama size seven or small. Mario Kart, Nintendo Switch game, Spider-Man or Venom figures. So if you take this, then you put your name and phone number. Take this so and then drop the one with your name and phone number so I know which one who got this card. Does that make sense? So we can follow. You wrap those presents and then just bring them back with you. Um, these, if we can get them back next week, would be great. If we could have all of these presents, these ones gone today would be amazing. So does somebody want this one from Bear Creek? Awesome. Thank you. I'll put it right here. And then... Uh, this great organization that we partner with is called Mission 98. They do multifamily housing ministry. Um, these presents are going to a place just right. It's Yale and Sheridan, so just a mile east of, of Westwoods. It's very similar. Uh, you tear off this part, put your name, phone number, and email address, and then take this part, uh, fill this, and then wrap it and bring it back. So this one is uh, Camilla, age 10, female. She needs a jacket, junior size, L, black, or shoes, adult six, black. Somebody want this one? Awesome, thank you. So um, here's the deal. When the economy of God was best for us is best for our world, best for the kingdom. So there's never, there's never a time where you just go, okay, I'll be generous because these people really need it, right? It's just, it, as we step into generosity, it's like, oh, this is what's best for us. It's the very best way to live. And every step we take, it gets better and better and better. And so please don't, don't ever give financially here out of obligation, out of a sense of I better or maybe God will love me more or whatever. Always just give out of a sense of I believe this is what's, what's best for me, what's next for me. And, and you know what, guys? Just really thankful for the financial gifts you give us too. Just know this: if we could give away every dollar to these to these places, every dollar we give or that we get, we would. But then we wouldn't be here tomorrow. So we wouldn't actually be. We want to be about this for a long, long time. And so I just want to encourage your continued generosity to us, and just say thank you uh, for that, and and to be mindful of that too as as we near the end. So. I'm going to pray, and then Joe's going to come up, and we're going to talk through cards and offering. God, for all of these uh, things, for for student 26-2, for Camilla, for our friends in Zimbabwe and Uganda, our friends at Family Promise, 
friends that enjoys and I can't Barnabas. We're thankful for those relationships. We don't think that those relationships are an accident. We believe they're from you. Help us uh, to take seriously your call to be generous. And uh, as we step into that, fill us with joy that can only come from you as we live this upside downness that you call us to. We love you. Amen.